The following is a paid presentation. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the staff and management of Shiawassee Radio. All right, we are live. I am Mateo from McManus Namadeo and Grable and Associates and Shiawassee Six. Six. And today we're going to discuss social media comments. I don't know if get this much press, but I saw people talking shit on the This is your cell. This is your bunk. This is the jail visit. On Shiawassee Radio, live from the Cofield Oil and Propane Studios, here's attorney Bill Amadeo. So what we did, it's been a weird time, <laughs> let's just start with that. I was like in Macomb at the ass crack at dawn, and the travel's been brutal lately. Brutal. You agree with that? <laughs> it's been a lot of brutal. You guys are tired of the trips, they just hear about them. The live audience is expanding. Joe Abera, the six. <laughs> so, uh, what we did was I found several social media comments about cases I'm on and things on YouTube, and I want to respond to these comments. And let me start with this. Now, maybe 5 to 10% of these people actually have a vendetta against me. A lot of these are weirdos that are, like, living in their house. Um, not able to really understand life. Like, really strange people with fake IDs and fake names, I should say. Like, Dragon Master 21 talking shit. Who the hell's Dragon Master 21? What really frustrates me, though, is some of these comments. My partner, Matt McMahon, actually likes them on social media. And I said to Matt, why are you liking these comments? He goes, well, there's some good stuff. All right. Comment number one. This was on YouTube. That bald bastard. As much money as he makes, he can't afford a good toupee. All right, let's let's go with the hair thing. Going at the hair. Let me tell you a story how I found out I was going bald. I was 15 years old. And I was playing outfield on a travel baseball team. And I ran a mile. I was playing left field. I made this diving catch and my hat came off. And I held the ball up with pride. And the, there were people in the stand saying, oh my god. And I thought they were like really impressed with my catch. So he's going bald. And I was like, holy So let me be clear to comment number one. About the bald bastard thing. Everybody knows I'm a big Seinfeld fan. Love Seinfeld. And when George went to get a toupee, we'll throw the clip up later. There was a guy there with horrible toupee hair. And it just didn't work for George. George had like this crazy amount of confidence for a while. Then Elaine ripped the toupee off his head. The Seinfeld clip has kept me away from the toupee. And that clip was on at a very young age. I kind of embraced the bald look. I like it. I'm running with it. I just started to own it at a young age. And for somebody on social media to make that comment under a fake profile name. Wouldn't it be funny if they were actually bald themselves? Comment two. YouTube. Get him a drink! Exclamation point. He must be drunk. You know, it's funny. I don't drink. Um... I'll tell you a story about this, though. It's funny, because I've been accused of being drunk before, and this is all natural. I was hanging with a few friends in Jersey, and uh, we met this group of girls. And they were all drunk except for me. And I, one of the girls came up to me, she goes, you know, you're so funny. She goes, you're one of the funniest drunks I've ever met in my life. She goes, and you can't believe how much you are drinking. Well, I was drinking, like, ginger ale and throwing it back. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand. So the first two comments are about me being bald and about me being drunk. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What the hell? Number three. Why does he have to wear a hoodie when he does his lives? Well, this is a Facebook comment, obviously, from a fake profile. Maybe it's one of D Black's alter egos. 
Maybe it's Brian Boggs. Should I put a bow tie on or something? I don't know. Oh, Jesus. I like the hoodie. And tonight, I just wore a Marilyn Terrapin shirt because I was like, you know what? You want to talk about the hoodie? I'm going no hoodie tonight. I thought going one of two ways. Do I put two hoodies on? Do I stick it up their ass? Or do I not go any hoodie at all? <laughs> I know. It's warm in here. It's cold outside. I don't know. The hoodie was an issue. All right. Fourth comment. YouTube. Oh, damn! Exclamation points. I bet he failed the bar the first time. Three exclamation points. He tried to protect his client. Three exclamation points. L-O-L-O-L-O-L. Well, you'll find this hard to believe. I actually didn't fail the bar. <laughs> this is a shock to many people, but I actually enjoyed bar prep. Um, licensed in several different jurisdictions, believe it or not. And I actually passed character and fitness in each one of them because I learned that in PR you learn about the rules of conflict and when you can do things and when you can't do things. So that always helped me. Um, I passed the Jersey bar, I passed the Michigan bar, and I was in Cali for a while. I mean, you guys know these stories. Oh, snap! Exclamation points for... He didn't say anything when the reporter said that was his job. Exclamation points. Ha ha ha. You rule, reporter. Alright, so let me tell you. <clears throat> I know what you're talking about. I actually said to that reporter, what do you have, a slow news day? And they cut that off. That really pisses me off. I cannot stand it when the media takes me out of context. I told the guy off. Now you got some moron on YouTube living in his mother's basement, drinking coffee with a fork, who's trying to talk about me. Comment five. You a fool! Exclamation point five. Well, thank you for that comment. I am not a fool. We'll move on. He's friends with that district court judge, and that's why that judge never sends his people to prison, exclamation point. So, let me help you out here. I don't know which district court judge you're referring to, but you do understand a district court judge cannot send anybody to prison. Their jurisdiction is limited. So even if I was friends with a district court judge, that is not the reason why him or her would not be sending somebody to prison. The most they can do is a one-year jail cap. So... You see, circuit court is where felonies go. District court is misdemeanors and preliminary exams. Um, I'm glad we settled this. So, Lion Master 12. That's, um, you got your facts wrong. But, uh, you know, I don't need to give you a criminal procedure lesson. I'm sure you're doing very well in life. Next comment. Ha, 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 ha. He pled his client to HYTA. The other lawyer got their client only four years in prison. HYTA, ha ha ha, with a 20-year felony. What an idiot. Man. Is this person a professor at Cooley? <laughs> or a... Never mind. I was going to All right, listen. Maybe a research and writing professor at Cooley. Haida is the Home Useful Training Act. And I know the case you're referring to. And when I got that individual a 20-year felony with Haida, they got probation, as opposed to the other lawyer that got the person four years in prison. So Haida actually kept off their record and kept them from jail and prison. So ha, ha, ha. Thank you for that. Next comment. Sounds like he went to Cooley, exclamation points. Wow. I did go to Cooley. Um, I'll tell you a great Cooley story, guys. I could have transferred anywhere in the world. And I stayed at Cooley's. I was told we protect our own. Years later, Cooley would not give me a $15 an hour job in the registrar's office when I was broke. 
Now Cool is begging me for fifteen dollar donations. <laughs> Alright. Next. Oh, he's so cool with his Jersey accent, exclamation point four, ass exclamation point four. I don't know, man. I mean, they're making fun of my talk, my hair. This is messed up. I do have a Jersey accent, and I kept the Jersey number. <laughs> oh, exactly. Guys, just hurtful. Next. He's protecting people charged with crimes, exclamation points. What an ass. So, um, listen, as a criminal defense lawyer, the job description is to try to protect those charged with crimes, so. Sorry, West Helm 12. Next, I went to law school with him, a true piece of sh Well, I don't know who this is, but obviously that Cooley degree is working well for you. If you got that much free time. If they got it. So, yes, I... Next comment. Trump supporter! Exclamation point. I can't believe that prosecutors are chiming in on this. Okay, first of all, I'm not a Trump supporter. But Trump did tell me to go to law school. I understand. There's always these views. I don't understand this. Like, I, everybody knows I'm too conservative for Ann Arbor and too liberal for Shiawassee. I don't fit in anywhere, so I fit in everywhere. My God. I'm not a Trump supporter. We didn't tell me to go to law school. So blame Trump for those not guilty verdicts. Jesus. He talks about you of M! Exclamation point for good luck ever becoming a judge. Ha ha ha. Well. Matt may become a judge. I don't want to take a pay cut. So, what do we Don't ever contact me again, Amadeo. Who who is this? <laughs> I don't know who that is. So I, I I guess I won't contact you. Um I'll tell you one thing. And I, I wanna say something to somebody that's tuning in right now. Who talked a lot of one of my clients. He went on and on like a little social media tirade with his whiny little commentaries. And then when I contacted him, please don't ever contact me again. God, why is it about keyboard warriors? Most of these people wouldn't say this to your face, you know? I could talk about your client. But if you say something to me, I'm going to go tell the police you're stalking me. No, dude, I just comment it. Do you want to have a discussion? I mean, when did people lose their balls? Are there any, like, real men out there right now? Jesus. I know. The old-fashioned telephone tough guy. Good God. You know, I gotta tell you. When somebody makes a fake profile or talks about you on Facebook, I don't know. It's just, I'm flattered that I'm not important to you people. You know, I really am. I mean, these poor idiots. Like I said, I mean, for all I know, it's possibly one guy that just keeps making fake profiles. I would appreciate if Matt McMaster not like some of these comments. I understand. I understand. Oh, man. It's tough. Well, my bull that Jersey speaking ass is going to call it a night. I appreciate um, the comments and the free press, and I only picked 14. I mean, we could have been here all night with some of this stuff, but these were good. These were good, especially you fool. The Jail Visit with attorney Bill Amadeo from McManus and Amadeo. Connect with McManus and Amadeo at McManusAmadeo.com or call 800-392-7311. This is The Jail Visit on Shiawassee Radio. I am... Bill Amadeo from Madison Amadeo and Grable Associates and the Shiawassee Six. And tonight, we're going to discuss roommates from the past. Um, wow. Live audience put some really interesting stuff in there. Anyway, one of the mistakes I made in life 
is to have roommates. You know, some roommates were good people, hard workers, some were not. And today we're going to talk about some unique situations. We will change names. We're going to do it by geography. Like if you're from New York, we're just going to say this person was New York. <laughs> Leave it at that. It's better, right? I mean, take those defamation suits now. <laughs> so, towards the end of my time in Jersey, I um, actually had a roommate. He used to bartend with me. He was a real, real alcohol, he had a real alcohol problem. I mean, this guy was just a miserable person. And um, Bob McDevitt was the president of the union back home. He still is, actually. It's hard to believe. I never, how somebody so dumb and unattractive could maintain that job? It's, man, it's really interesting. But this guy was a huge McDevitt supporter. And he used to always go to these union meetings and he was drunk as hell. He had his Johnny Black, and he would steal Johnny Walker Black from work. And, like, in the apartment, there was all these Tropicana cups and stuff. Like, he basically lived off Tropicana. Then he would go to these union meetings with this hat. This hat looked like it went through a couple wars. Like, he always had this dingy hat on. You wondered if a shower was involved. He was late with the rent all the time. Used to talk a lot of shit about me going to law school. Very interesting guy. Um, that should have been enough for me to realize the roommate thing does not work. But like most things in life, I never learned the first time. It's like, oh, that's how you do a stand away motion. And then it gets really good. But the first time's always a little rough. And that brings me to one of my law school roommates. Let's just call this person Virginia. That's where they're from. So, this guy never paid for a meal in his life. And then it got weird, because we were different sizes, but yet he was always taking my clothes. Very strange. He was the ultimate mooch. Remember, Norman Felly said this guy was going to be the future of criminal law. If he meant maybe getting charged, maybe he was on something. But it was really, kids at home, don't buy into the LSAT. Because this guy was Cooley's finest. Had a great LSAT. Had a um, high GPA. Oh, God. He eventually went off to the military. And as weird as it is, this particular individual... He literally became my roommate a second time after law school. How's it even hard? And you had to realize at some point there was something wrong with him. I'll tell you a story. It's really not funny. It's kind of tragic, but um, I'm going to have stomach surgery. It's my third year of law school. And my mom is back home in Jersey, and she's close to passing away. And I had to make medical decisions. So they kept calling me. Yes, you could do this. Yes, you could do this. But now I'm going in for the surgery. I'm going to be out for a couple hours, right? So I give Mr. Virginia my cell phone. And I said, hey, the doctor's call. Just tell them yes. Okay. So I get out of surgery. I go to my cell phone. A little effort. There's like 10 missed calls. Like, hey, what happened? The hospital keeps calling. So I'm calling in a panic, hey, do this, do that. And he said to me, well, I got really into this movie that was on the hospital here. I didn't want to answer your phone. Like, you had one job! Answer the phone and say yes! Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. Now, the third person we're going to mention, we're just going to call her Callie. California. Here, piece of advice I would give on this one. If you break up with a woman, it's probably not best that you maintain living quarters with her. <laughs> Just a little. Kids at home, you know. If you break up, you probably should go your separate ways. There's hotels, there's different apartments. So this girl, beautiful girl, she was a coolie with us. And she fails out. 
And she decided, I'm staying here. I'm not going back to Cali. We learn later that um, she really came to law school for her husband. I got to tell you, Cooley, I think one out of 500 of us made it. If you came to Cooley looking for a husband, you were fishing off the wrong dock. Let's just start with that. But that's what her goal was. And I wasn't going to marry her because I realized like two weeks after she had that law school, this one was crazy. But yet she's here for another term. I don't know what to do. So we break up. We're going to maintain our friendship. She pitches this to me. She goes, you know what? Listen, I'm going to stay at your apartment. You're going to see other people. I'm going to see other people. We're going to be very mature about this. But we're going to maintain our friendship. I said, oh, okay, cool. Makes sense. Understood. So one night she calls me, and this is before, it's like 2006, like texting wasn't really, but I get a text, it's a 911 from her, and I spoke about missed calls. Now, in law school, dude, I was so into just studying, right? Studying my ass off all the time. I called her, hey, what's up? Bianca's sick. You need to get home. Now, Bianca was my cat. Like, oh my God. What's wrong? I don't know. You need to get here now. Drive home. It's like a rainstorm and landing. I'm driving home. I'm flying through red lights and stuff. I get into the house. I see her petting Bianca on the couch. The cat looks fine. Like, what's wrong with him? Oh, I don't know. You said Bianca was sick. Well, I wanted you to come home. Okay. Things got really weird when she started seeing other guys. Um, I encourage her to see other people. In fact, I was hoping one of these people would, like, give her the key to the apartment. She'd be gone. That would have been awesome, but that didn't happen. So one night, I am at a bar, and I don't usually go to bars. I was with a few friends. And I'm the only sober one. And she's there. She's talking to this guy. This guy was pretty juiced up on steroids. He was like this big muscle moron. Um, and she points to me. And she goes, that was my ex right there. She says, she's going to hook up with this guy tonight. And do this and do that. I'm like, okay, good for you. You know? She gets up. And there's this song, So Sad to Say, by the Mighty Mighty Ballstones. And she basically dedicates it to me. And she's drunk off her ass. And she's like screaming the song at me. Okay. No problem. I'm out of the bar. A couple weeks later, she brings this guy home. Now, this is a weird guy. Like, bodybuilder guy. Nothing against bodybuilders. Good for you guys. But he wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed. I figured that someone went to fight this guy, right? And, I mean, I'm not looking forward to that. He's four times my size, but I'm going to give him a run for his money if it comes to that. He could have her. We're done. So one night, he comes up to the apartment. And, like, now this is a big guy. I can't stress this, but he's, like, carrying all this shit. And it's, like, very difficult for him. I said, hey, you okay? He goes, oh, I'm just getting the equipment in. Like, oh, excuse me? They were going to make a porn in the apartment. He was, like, bringing his cameras in to film him and her hooking up. And I told him, I said, dude, don't go near my cats. That's what I mean. It was like, these people were really weird. Eventually, they both left. And then there was the Portland girl. This chick was weird, man. I mean, so she also failed out of law school. I had, like, a type. Like, the type that would fail out of law school would end up living with me for a term after they failed out. She would, like, wear a raincoat everywhere. It's like nine degrees outside. Ah, oh, it's my rain. The thing about her, which was really fascinating, was I really fell for her because she was such a nice person. She was nice. That's what I thought. Um, so she calls me one day and she goes, hey, I need you to know I'm in Chicago. Okay. 
and I'm with so-and-so, who is now her husband. She goes, and we just gave it the passion. Like, oh, wow. So you cheated on me? And she goes, yes, I can't lie to you. I cheated on you. I'm like, oh, I get it. No problem. Now, in my mind, I'm thinking, cool, I'm out, right? Never underestimate the value of a good escape. This was awesome. She cheated on me with this guy and hope they're happy. And um, she comes back like a week later. And I was going on a date with somebody else. And she's furious. She goes, what are you doing? Um, going out. Just because I cheat on you does not mean you could cheat on me. So this guy, who also wore raincoats everywhere, oddly enough, like the raincoat couple, he approaches me. And he says he wants to fight for her. <laughs> Dude, she's yours. Knock yourself out. This guy, this poor soul, he could not, he also found out of law school. They were connected on that issue too, I'm sure. He couldn't fight his way of a wet paper bag. And like, he hits me with all his might. It like, lays on my left shoulder. And I push him gently. And he tumbles over down the hall. <laughs> we're not together anymore. Um... The next one, she was from New York. I'm just going to end this one on that. She did not belong in Lansing. We'll move on. That one's probably a Facebook Live by themselves. It will just, they're going to move on from the New York situation. People put, people figure out who New York is. and After me and New York broke up, um, I didn't really... I didn't like the idea of roommates, right? I mean, it was a crazy thing, all these roommates, but there's this guy, he emails me. First termer from New Jersey. And I'm just sitting there like, okay, well, you want to kick it on the rent? That's fine. I'll crash on the couch. You can have the bedroom. I don't care. At that point of the game, I mean, I'm in like my third year now and I'm on cruise control and I'm studying for the bar. I'm not home much anyway. Just, you know, leave my cats the hell alone, and you could do this, you could do that. Well, midterms come around. That gave him some outlines and stuff. I tried to help the kid out. He's a Jersey guy. Oh, man. Doesn't do well in midterms. And midterms at Cooley don't mean anything. I mean, they're, they were 10% of the grade first term. You could fail your midterms and kill the course. You could ace your midterms and fail the course. You know, it was like a preseason game. So he's in freakout mode. It's like, B, I did really bad on my midterms. What do I do? So, okay. Listen, don't stress it. Let me um, give you some guidance here. You know, I'm, I'm the third year, so I'm like, cool, right? I mean, that's what I'm supposed to be at this point. And uh, I tell him the key to success at Cooley is to kick ass on your multiple choice. That was sound advice. He got like violent with it. He's like, you son of a bitch. Don't you tell me how to do well in law school. Now understand something. Him and I got physical. I ended up knocking him out. I did win that fight. I only won a few fights in my life and two of them were mentioned today. One was Portland Girl's crazy new boyfriend and it was his poor soul. Um, with that being said, Law school, if you're nuts to begin with, right, you're a little crazy, and you go to law school, it's going to, like, magnify stuff. If you're normal, it'll make you a little crazy. If you're a little crazy, it will make you really nuts. If you're really nuts, uh, just stay away. And I couldn't really gauge this kid. I guess it was a little weird, but when I told him he had to do multiple choice more, after asking me for advice, he lost his shit. He's not a lawyer today. After that, a little time later, maybe six months to a year later, I met someone. She was local. Not a lawyer. And I said, oh, cool. I will date someone who's not a law student. Work. We were together for a long time. Um, first three months were cool. The next three years and nine months were not so much. And, uh... I really fell in love with her dog. Her dog was amazing. This woman was nuts. Like, out of control. 
cray cray. She would like scream at me. I pay all the bills around here. Like, no, I pay the bills. You mail them. I mean, it's not really paying them, but she used to throw it in my face that she mailed it on her way to work. And it was, it was really bad, man. And then she told me the dog was dying and it was just really weird stuff. This woman, remember one time I would go back to New Jersey for a trip and somehow she made sure my phone didn't work. She was, is different. I know you tune in sometimes. I'm sorry if this hurt your feelings, but you were psychotic. I mean, good God. I mean, this woman was nuts. I mean, blowing up the phone. I had money stolen from me. Oh, yes. Another bad idea, kids. Never lend somebody money if you might break up with them. So when I got the hell away from her, my law school roommate, he was out of the military now. He showed up one day out of the blue. He goes, hey, I want to do this business with you, and I want to do this law firm with you, and I learned all these things in the military. I'm like, oh, great. So one night, things aren't going well with us. They're just not. And he punched a hole in the wall. And he hit me in the back with, like, this Game Boy or something. I'd take a baseball bat and smash him in the shoulder. It was really bad and violent. Um, There were guns in the house. He left suicide notes. He basically had a nervous breakdown. Um, I was smart enough to put him on the bank accounts with the business. That went well. He's not lawyering right now. Last roommate... And let me just say this. I have nothing against people that smoke pot. I never smoke pot. But if weed works for you, good. This individual needed weed. Need to smoke at least three, four times a day. Now, he was a lawyer. He couldn't function without weed. And he used to have like, these hydroponic things going all goddamn night. At this time, I'm living with him a couple days a week in Ann Arbor, and I'm going back to Lansing. And uh, he comes up to me one day. Now, funny thing about this guy is he never showered. He was against showering. You know Pigpen from Charlie Brown with, like, the flies all around him? That was, like, this guy in a suit without a bath. He used to smoke all goddamn night. It was, like, uh... <clears throat> So he goes up to me one day. He goes, hey, our electric bill's going through the roof. You need to pay more money. And I'm like, huh. Why? Because you're taking two showers a day. So it was my two showers a day that cost us this higher bill. It wasn't his pot experiments all night. Really interesting. Eventually, um, we had a party in the ways. He is not an employee of McManus Sabateo right now. When he left, he had all his text messages on our computer. And it was under a file that I thought was for a case. And I click on the file and there's all his text messages. And I'm confused what's going on at first. Let me tell you. If you want to really find out somebody's psychosis, if you don't want to find out, don't go through their text messages. It was really a bad read. Um, so what do we take from this? Well, number one, you go to law school, don't get a roommate. I know about saving the cost, dude, it is a bad idea. I can tell you about other stories, like the guy that wouldn't sleep without the light on. The guy that kept stealing your tuna fish. I mean, it could go on and on and on, just weird people. With that being said, though, best advice I got right now. If you break up with a woman, do not continue to maintain quarters with her. If you're thinking about breaking up with somebody, don't lend them a large sum of money. Just because you were friends with somebody at one point in your life, do not put them on your business accounts. And it's probably better to live with someone who does shower. So 
you know, the journey's been a weird one, guys. But um, that's my advice. I hope it was helpful. Um, I'm happy to say none of these roommates are in my life today. They do social media stalking. Sometimes send drunken texts. That one kept sending... Okay, so... The one thing I'll say about the New York person... She kept sending these videos from the band Tiny Moving Parts... Like, over and over and over again. I, I didn't get that. I like Tiny Moving Parts. There's this one song, Brevity... It's about cubs being left in the environment. And she sent it like 89 times one time. And finally said, okay, I'll bite. What's the point? I said, I don't have to say to you. I'm like, okay. So, do I bring the crazy out of people or do crazy find me? They find me. Okay. 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 Good I was worried. The Jail Visit with attorney Bill Amadeo from McManus and Amadeo. Connect with McManus and Amadeo at McManusAmadeo.com or call 800-392-7311. This is The Jail Visit on Shiawassee Radio. Law school can be a very difficult experience. The live audience agrees with that. You know, when you're in law school, especially you're far from home, it's like you join this cult, right? You're trying to find your way. How do you survive it? What do you do? And you hear so much bullshit. You know, I'm, I can only tell you about my time at Cooley. We heard an orientation, jumpstart. You had to do this to win. Then the SBA said this, and the Academic Resource Center said that. We heard study groups were good. We heard study groups were bad. Eventually... Um, the real hard workers form these study groups. I was in so many study groups in law school. Um, there was not a class that I did not have a study group for. And I always like to do my study groups, groups at night. Like, I would do, like, a study group, like, 9 o'clock on Friday night. And 8 o'clock on Saturday night. And 6 o'clock on Sunday and it's going to be dedicated. What we got thinking about today, as my inner circle and I were commenting and laughing about law school, it was a long day. Um, we started thinking about the personalities and study groups. And let me start by saying this. We are not trying to insult anybody here. And some of the people in study groups were absolutely amazing. Friends for life. And some are not. So what we got is a list of about 30 people, not names, but people and personalities that were in study groups. And again, this is only the Cooley experience. If anybody gets hurt by this, I sincerely apologize. But with each one of these personalities, we thought of somebody or multiple people in particular. So... The first people we thought of was the couple in love. The couple in love were the boyfriend and girlfriend that had to have all their classes together, had to have all their study groups together. They couldn't do lunch apart from each other. They had to be together. And they would want you to work your study group schedule around the time they could be together. We need to be together. 24-7, they were definitely the couple in love, and they were a pain in the ass, because they couldn't do anything alone, and the problem with the couple in love was the insecurity was amazing. You know, I remember one time, this one guy, he was in love with this girl, and um, she showed up like 15 minutes late for study group. Now, understand something, in law school, we're all crazy, right? We got to get through. We got to get the grades to take the bar. We got to get the jobs, blah, blah, blah. So the girl's 15 minutes late. We can't wait for her anymore. Well, I don't know what to do. You know, I don't know where she's at. And he said to me one day, what if she's having sex with somebody else? I said, will that be on the final? <laughs> because if it's on the final, I'm concerned. If not, please stop. 
the couple in love was a nightmare. Complete nightmare to be in your study group. Because they had no identity. They had to be joined to each other. What a pain in the ass. Am I right here? They were a pain in the ass, those two. Couple in love. Oh, my God. The next person I thought of was the anal retentive note taker. This was the person who... You've said, like, three things. I have two pages of notes. Like, what are you doing? Here's the thing about the anal retentive note taker. She usually had glasses. She was highly intelligent. And you were extremely into her because she was just so brilliant. She was cute, she was brilliant, but she was so locked in on her work. And you thought to yourself, if I really get to know her, this is going to be a good relationship. Unfortunately, when you get to know her, you find out she was crazy. But she was an amazing note taker. You know, and she was one of those people that would show up to class multiple times and take all these detailed notes. She wasn't always that good with the information, but she was an amazing note taker. She was like the ultimate study group superstar. A little weird. Then you had Mr. Supplement. Mr. Supplement was the guy, the minute he got his financial aid check, he bought every supplement there was possible. And he would like push these books into a study room in the Cooley Library. You know, and he's trying to memorize all these supplements. Because somebody like Dean Sircone, says, oh, the supplements are your way to success. Yes, they're huge today. Um, <laughs> Megan, the anal retentive note taker, wore glasses. Mr. Supplement was just a, he's just a weird guy. But yes, anal retentive, she definitely wore glasses. You know where we're going with this one. Then there was the mole. This was the guy that almost got choked out. The mole was the guy that came into your study group to give bad information. He was trying to protect the curve, right? So this ass would come in, purposely provide bad information, and once you realized he was doing that, you kind of wanted to just beat his ass outside. But you're worried about character and fitness, so you didn't do that. You politely ask him to leave. But the mole... He was something else. <laughs> Josh Shamblin. Pretty sure I know who Mr. Supplement is. <laughs> Does he wear bow ties? <laughs> Eric Moore, kind of like an ex. What's up, B? Then there was the good-looking girl. Just a traditional good-looking girl. She'd be sitting there playing with her hair, not paying attention to the notes. And, um... You know, it was just, you knew she was there because, she's there Friday night, 9 o'clock studying, right? She's very pretty, but her head's kind of in the clouds, and she's just sitting there, and then about week 10, she comes up to you and says, hey, I didn't take any notes the first nine weeks, can you give them the notes? And everybody, like, every guy's, like, giving her all the notes, and then she's getting bombarded with information. Then there was the moocher. You know who the moocher is. This is the guy who didn't buy his own books. He'd be borrowing books from everybody. You guys would go out to eat. He never had any money. He's going to pay for the burger next week. <laughs> Megan Smith. Even I think I know who Mr. Supplement is. <laughs> the moocher we know has somebody who just... They were there... They're like the guy in basketball is just hanging for a cheap rebound underneath but won't go up and down the court. The moocher's the guy who always borrows money from you until his financial aid check comes in. And then when the financial aid check comes in, you don't see him for a few weeks. Then it was a small enough amount of money where you forget about it till next term, and he does this till he eventually gets kicked out for his third time back to probation. Then there was a non-traditional student. This was the older person, right? And they would be sitting in your group, like, scolding you. You know, in my day, we did things like this. And you're, like, you're trying to work as a team, 
and you're respecting the older person, but they get really bitter at you. That's too late for me. I don't want to drink coffee nine o'clock. And I will. Nobody was forced to come to these study groups. But I gotta tell you, my study groups in law school, it was like a religious experience. Like people would just show up to be there. It was really weird. It was like they were coming to a club that wasn't serving alcohol in the Cooley Library, and all these different personalities would trickle in. Some would stay. Some would leave. Some would write blogs about it. And that leads us to the MySpace person. The MySpace person. That was somebody who, when you're going over the material, all they're doing is surfing MySpace. Yeah, kids, this is like 2005 before Facebook was a big deal. And you're kind of concerned. Remember there was this one girl I liked in law school? And I used to write poetry and post it on MySpace. And eventually I took it down because I was concerned of getting like locked up or something because it was weird poetry and one day I'm going over and I'm walking around like I'm leading the lecture and I'm talking and I keep seeing her on MySpace every time I circle around she's like well my poetry she was really into me but I'm thinking to myself if you don't start paying attention it's not gonna work out she's not a lawyer today but that was the MySpace girl then you had the transfer student this was the person, he could have went to any school he wanted, but he chose Cooley in Lansing, Michigan. <laughs> he transferred from somewhere else by choice. He doesn't tell you that he was going to get kicked out of the other school and Cooley took a shot on him. He's very arrogant. I was at MSU. Right, but... And then there's the second taker. This is the poor gun-shied son of a bitch. This is the person who failed out of law school once. And they come back, right? And they don't tell you they were in law school once before. So you're like seduced into their brilliance because they heard the material once before. And they're like telling you, oh, proximate causation. Like, holy shit, how'd you know that? Like, oh, I was just paying attention in class. Now you become insecure because you're thinking to yourself, how did they see that? Holy shit. Well, they saw it because they failed once before. The second taker was interesting. And then there's a disbarred attorney. The disbarred attorney who had to go back to law school. This guy is really arrogant. And he starts telling you stories about cases that he's won. But he doesn't want to tell you he's been disbarred. And you're confused. Wait a minute. I'm in my third term of law school. What do you mean you want a jury trial? Then he backs out the room slowly. It's like one of those want to get away commercials. Usually, the wild girls of law school Google them. And they find out the lawyer was disbarred. That kind of turns them on. It's a very confusing dynamic law school. Then there are the kids whose parents are attorneys. And because their parents are attorneys, they think they know everything. And they always start their statements like this. Well, my mother argued before the Missouri Supreme Court, and we know this. Or my dad's a big-time civil litigator in Michigan. Okay, great. And um, there's some amazing football players whose kids are in different fields. It doesn't matter what your parents do, but... The parents who have kids that go to law school, the kids usually come in with this flair of arrogance. I'm stereotyping right now, but it was a thing. Then there was the guy who was a paralegal for 15 years. He's a little older. He's telling you war stories. He's got a family. He was going to go to law school right after college. Got a job as a paralegal. The money was okay. Then the firm downsized. He didn't know what to do. He took out financial aid. Cool, he took him. Actually, it's a pretty good insight. Then we had the guy who kicked ass at the unaccredited law school for one year and transferred in. What this individual will do, they'll wear a lot of jewelry and they'll tell you how they went to this other law school. They won't tell you it's unaccredited. 
and they'll break things down. I've been here before. I know how to do this. Blah, blah, blah. Kind of an interesting person. Eric Moore says his beer is getting warm. Uh, then there's the one who's got a scholarship because their parents are a professor. And they're there at Cooley and they're bragging that my dad teaches this or my mom teaches that. And they're there and they lead with that a lot of them. Not everybody, because I'm friends with someone, I'm going to tell you. The ones that are there because their parents are professors, they're there for the free ride. And it's almost like learned behavior. This one's my favorite. There's the guy that's there for one term, and he runs the football pool. Every week, he's taking your money for this football pool. And every week, you lose the football pool. And he runs these fantasy football things. And he's the guy who tells you, hey, I'm going to Delaware next weekend. So at Delaware next weekend, the lottery's $500 million. So if you guys want to give me some money to go buy some lottery tickets, I got your back. Now you're in law school and all you're thinking is, oh, we $500 million. Let's all put some money in. So we all put $100 in without realizing this guy's just stealing the money, right? You don't see him after finals. Then there's the one who goes off the deep edge. The one that goes off the deep edge, you're convinced this person is crazy. They're saying things in gibberish, right? They're like confused. They look like they're a serial killer in class. They can't communicate with you. Well, they're the ones that are going to win the book awards. <laughs> they're going to have to be the best in the class. Then they're going to be lousy lawyers. But the deep edge guy, you got to watch that one. Then there's the one who announces they're going to be a prosecutor. When I get out of law school, I'm going to be a prosecutor. And they read something about scoring guidelines in some Google article. And they are a pain in the ass because they think they're prosecutors already, right? So they're telling you everything. Well, a prosecutor would do this and a prosecutor would do that. And you're saying to yourself, holy shit, dude, it's torts. There are no prosecutors. Stop. Same thing can be said for the defense guy. By the way, in law school, I was never going to do criminal defense work, so believe me, kids at home, you don't know what the future holds. Just get the grades and go with it. Then there's the law school stars. This is the guy that wins the moot court competition. The moot court competition is usually judged by other students. And this guy wins it, wins it. He's in the Cooley Pillar newspaper. He's holding up his trophy like he won a Super Bowl ring or something. He's a pain in the ass. Because he's going to lead everything. Well, when I won the moot court competition, like, oh, dude, shut the fuck up. Nobody cares that you won this little game at Cooley. But the moot court guy, Jesus Christ. Then there's the one who doesn't show up the finals because his family makes a lot of donations to the school. There was this one kid, I swear to God. We would see him three weeks a year. Never showed up the finals. Used to pop into study groups once in a while, and he graduated with honors. Never sold his kid take a final. His family made tons of donations. You do the math. Then there's the one poor guy who... He's very honest with you. I've got 14 felonies. And I'm never going to get past character and fitness. But I'm here at 2 o'clock in the morning studying because I want to show that I could do it. You feel bad for this guy, right? He's got, like, gang tattoos he can't get off. And he, you know, got out of prison. He comes to law school. He wants to start fresh. He took out some financial aid. Poor guy's not going to get through character and fitness, but he's a role model. Because you're thinking to yourself, well, this guy's working hard. I should be working hard, too. Felony guy was all right. Then there were the girls who dated the janitors at Cooley. There was this one janitor. He used to sell really, he used to sell pot that everybody loved. 
And this guy used to come in to the conference room we were in and dump, he'd take the trash out, right? And we had, like, these two girls in our study group that would run to the janitor like he was the second coming. We learned later that they were hooking up and he was giving them drugs. The guy had an amazing angle, man. He would be hooking up with the hottest little school girls selling pot while working as a janitor. Then there was the guy who was a pain in the ass who was trying to prove to his girlfriend that he was smarter than her. Well, my girlfriend works in sales and I'm doing the law school thing. And then there was the girlfriend trying to prove to her boyfriend. These people were anal because every hypothetical. Well, my girlfriend says this or my boyfriend says that. And you just want to like, oh my God, shut up. But, you know, they were motivated. Then there was the one sweet girl from small town USA. Her boyfriend is back home in the state she came from. And she swears they're going to stay together. And every break, what she does is she looks at her MySpace page and I'm holding hands and she thinks about him. Then one day, this girl, she'll tell you that she broke up with a long-term boyfriend but she thinks they'll be together again one day. And she wants to go out with you. But she also lays some ground rules. She goes, if my boyfriend ever visits me from so-and-so state, I don't want him knowing about us. But we're not really together. I'm like, okay, whatever. So you date her. Then the boyfriend flies in from out of state. So when her boyfriend flies in, or her ex-boyfriend flies in, you, like, go ghost, right? Because she set the rules. Then she's pissed off you're not talking to her because the boyfriend's there. You know, that's what she requested. This becomes a topic of conversation after every goddamn study group she's in. Well, just because he's in town, why aren't you talking to me? Because you said not to! Oh, my God. That is a Facebook Live on its own. Then there's that girl who gets way too dressed up for study group. You know, it's like, huh. You're sitting there in your sweats and baseball cap, and she's coming in like she's either going to the Supreme Court or going to a club. And you're really confused. Like, wow, she really is overdressed for study group tonight. You're just kind of sitting there. Then there's the cat woman. And I love cats, so I don't mean disrespect. But this is the woman who's got eight cats back home, right? And she's got pictures on her cell phone of her cats. And during every break she shows you, this is Tiger, and this is Milk, and this is Lightning, and these are her cats, and she starts crying. Then you're getting her tissues, and you can't study because she's crying about her cats. <laughs> There's the guy who goes MIA till week 13. And he comes in. He goes, hey, can I get those outlines? <laughs> it's only like 15 weeks. And this guy's gone the whole goddamn time. But he wants them. You feel bad, you give them to him. He's all confused. At the end of the day, law school was a pretty interesting experience. <laughs> but um, the study groups were amazing. Alright guys. They were the study groups of law school. It's personalities. If anybody's feelings were hurt, I apologize. It was pretty funny, huh? All right. Have a good night. The proceeding was a paid presentation by McManus and Amadeo PLLC. Listeners of this program should contact their attorney to obtain advice with respect to any particular legal matter. No listener should act or refrain from acting on the basis of information within this program without first seeking legal advice from counsel in the relevant jurisdiction. Only your individual attorney can provide assurances that the information and your interpretation of it is applicable or appropriate to your particular situation. Listening to this program using any associated website or related links or resources does not create an attorney-client relationship between 
between the listener and host, contributors, or contributing law firms. All liability with respect to actions taken or not taken based on the contents of this program are hereby expressly disclaimed. You and your loved ones deserve a criminal defense firm that believes that your life and freedom are worth fighting for. Matt McManus, Bill Amadeo, and the McManus and Amadeo team of attorneys, investigators, and case managers will take the lead with a vast knowledge and legal experience across the state of Michigan to get the best possible result for you. Learn more at McManusAmadeo.com. Schedule a free consultation 24-7 by calling 800-392-7311.